Welcome to the Mystic Lighthouse, your beacon for the paranormal. Each week we will explore a grab bag of different cryptid sightings, hauntings, UFO encounters, and various other true tales that are sure to leave you questioning, what are you willing to believe? Hello everyone, and welcome to the Mystic Lighthouse. On this episode, shadow entities, disembodied voices, and a possible encounter with a Bigfoot. All this and more on this week's Tales from the Mystic Lighthouse. Our first story is from Simon, and he tells us about a creepy encounter during an investigation in a haunted house in Ireland. I am part of a paranormal team in Northern Ireland called Northwest Paranormal Research. We visit haunted locations all over the island of Ireland, but this one is probably the worst of all. We parked the cars about 500 feet from the actual house. We walked a bit up the road, then up the lane, where at the time we all lined up at the dense forest. We go into the run-down old cottage. No power or anything here. We set up all our gear, a locked-off camera and a microphone in each of the three rooms. We settle down in one of the centre rooms, where the open fireplace is. I have my laptop running, recording from all these microphones. So we settle down and do some EVPs, three minute bursts. In a few, we get what we think are replays, but on amplifying it sounds like animal sounds around the house. Around 11.30pm, we are all sitting down in our chairs having a break, coffee and sandwiches, when we hear this loud bang from the room beside us. We all jump and run in. With all our torches lit, we look around to see what could have made such a noise. But there's nothing of such a weight to, to do that noise. So in our heads, we're all thinking, it's all going to kick off now. But it doesn't. Not for another 20 minutes or so. It gets cold, and I mean arctic cold. We can see our breath, yet the ambient temperature is 8 degrees Celsius. We hear little ticks like someone throwing rice or something at us. We can't see anything. We have two night vision cameras, and there's nothing showing up on these either. Then, from the laptop, we see the spikes in the audio, but we can't hear anything with our own ears. There's definitely something going on. We can't nail it down. Then Siva hears something calling her name, being whispered in her ear. Then I hear mine. But we have no recorded evidence of this. Despite having all this tech with us, 
We pull out a small table and a glass to do divination. And no, this is not like Ouija. This is a simpler form of communication. As we have our fingers on the glass, we ask, is there anyone out there who'd like to communicate with us? The glass immediately starts to swing violently about the table. We ask for the glass to stop, but it doesn't. We decide that it's getting a bit too intense, so we pack up ourselves and decide to leave. On our way down the lane, we are just chatting amongst ourselves about the goings on. As we cross the ditch at the bottom, I heard these chilling words roared at me right into my ear. Never return. As we've never been back since. Other people have and have experienced bad things, but we will never return. Our next story is from Alice. She recounts to us her terrifying encounter with shadow people. A few weeks back, I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of my bedroom door opening. I never close it fully, but when it moves even a little bit, it creaks. So I wake up to the sound of the creaking door, not thinking much about it since I have both cats and a dog, figuring it was probably one of them coming back into the bedroom. When I open my eyes though, I see a black figure standing right at the side of my bed. The figure didn't have any features, it just looked like the shadow of a person, a black fuzzy shadow. Of course I got spooked about this and I pulled the covers of my head and went back to sleep. When I woke up in the morning, I didn't think much about it. I figured that it was probably just a dream. A few days later though, I told my friend about my experience. And she told me her brother had had the same exact experience a few years back. He had woken up in the middle of the night to see a dark figure just standing by the side of his bed, watching him sleep. My friend said they were called shadow people, and that they weren't evil or bad, that they're just intrigued by humans and like to watch us sleep. When I googled it though, I found some other explanations. Some say they want to take over your body, and some say they just like to watch. So I still don't know what they want, or why they are watching us when we sleep. And I don't know if it's still watching me during the nights, because since that night, I haven't woken up in the middle of the night. So for all I know, it could still be watching me, and I don't even know about it. Our next submission will make you think twice before answering the phone at night. V tells us of her disturbing experience with a possible stalker. So, I grew up in a small town in New England in the 70s. I was a young teenager, really shy, really quiet, and just not burst in the ways of the uh, big bad world out there. Back then in the 70s, we didn't have caller ID, we didn't have uh, star 69. We had an avocado phone with a cord that stretched to every room in the house. Um, back then, it was like a Saturday morning and the phone rang, I was home alone. 
and um, I picked up the phone and said hello and all I heard was a low soft man's voice and he said I almost touched you today oh my god I froze for a minute and just hung up the phone and then my I was so creeped out my hand shot up to my ear and I was itching it as if there was something gross and slimy had gotten in there I was terrified and I wasn't really sure why I was terrified um, but I knew this wasn't a joke or a prank this was a grown-up man and his voice was low and ominous it was so creepy so years later um, I remember I rented a, uh, the original movie Black Christmas with Margot Kidder and she's on the phone with this psycho lunatic and uh, he's ranting and raving and saying disgusting obscenities but then he stops and just in a, a low normal sane voice he goes I'm going to kill you and I thought oh my god instant flashbacks that was my guy that's what he sounded like and I just I just couldn't believe it that has stayed with me for years and um, still to this day uh, I think of it um, not every day but I it's kind of often that I think of it um, and I think the reason why is too um, now that I I do know what's out there in the big bad world um, I can really understand what the implications of that call could have been when back then I I really didn't know was he in the house was he in a closet had he reached out his hand to me and almost touched me I don't know was he looking at me through the window had he followed me in my neighborhood I mean you know we were told about stranger danger but uh, you know in my neighborhood if a stranger was walking around it it would have been noticed so and um, I think it might have been a neighbor it might have been someone I knew um, and that terrifies me I think even more to this day Our last submission is an amazing one. Chuck tells us of his experience facing off against a creature that sounds to me like a classic Bigfoot. sharing this mainly because I often listen to spooky and paranormal stories on YouTube and I always hear the narrator say I found this story on reddit and I always think to myself why not share the mind-bending stuff that happened to me I originally wrote this event down on paper and shared it with a childhood friend by mail he sent it back to me a few weeks later with a note that said this is too personal and I can imagine you don't want this floating around in the world with your name on it so he sent it back and I don't blame him. The only explanation I have for what I'm about to share is the universe wanted me to see what I saw. 
and in the weeks after this event that happened, I managed to change my life for the better. And I am currently almost six years clean from heroin, and I know it's because of what I experienced. Everything I'm about to share in this post is 100% accurate and was witnessed by me and a family member. I chose not to share the experience with anyone at the time because I knew it would only lead to the death of a living being or multiple living beings. And my family's property would have been turned into Skinwalker Ranch 2.0. I could care less if you don't believe this story. It makes no difference to me. The fact of the matter is, this happened, and I'm here to share it with whomever is willing to read or listen. Enough bibble babble. Let's get to the beginning of this experience, which I've titled, What Knocks Back? For starters, I want to give a bit of background on myself and where I'm from. My name is Chuck and I grew up in a world-renowned ski resort that has held the Winter Olympics, amongst many other things. I rarely ever tried to ski or snowboard while growing up. My family was poor, but we had a large chunk of land on the side of a mountain where our house was built. Our property overlooks the entire ski resort, and we are the oldest house on the mountain. We do not have neighbors. My backyard my entire life was a national forest. I hiked every inch of the mountain that we lived on. I always took great pride in knowing that I had traversed this mountain more than any other person. I always felt like I needed to protect the mountain, as strange as that sounds. But this is where I grew up. I've seen every type of wildlife you can imagine on my doorstep, from moose to mountain lions, and a ton of bears. I've bumped into bears coming home drunk at night as a teenager and thought it was our dog. I've even pet the bear thinking it was my dog. My point is, I've spent my entire 31-year life in the forest, day in and day out. I had no choice but to hike the mountain, to go to school, in my friends' houses, etc. Just imagine every time you left your house, you had to hike a mountain and deal with the wildlife. But unfortunately, when I was about 13 years old, I decided that selling narcotics was going to be my way to finally have money. So I began focusing on selling drugs to the tourists that came to our town, which is about 1 to 1.5 million people every winter season. So if 10% of those tourists need a bag of green or a bag of whatever, you can do the math on how much money can be made. After a few years of selling, I started to have to deal with rival crews or gangs that wanted to bring their products into my town. Of course, this isn't an easy road to navigate when you have greed and egos involved. So I ended up having some enemies. But luckily my people that I worked for had a pretty serious reputation and liked to ride motorcycles if you catch my drift. But nonetheless, I had to be very careful and this often involved a lot of stress. So to decompress, I would go back to my family's property overlooking the town. Very few people knew I would go there to relax. So I took advantage of that when I could. I would leave my apartment in the town center and head back to my family's home. On this particular day, on August 8th, 2015, I had decided to shut my phone off and just relax in my old bedroom with my window that overlooked the whole front of the property and the town below. It was hot out that day, so I had the window opened with my bed pulled right up next to the open window. I was probably watching something on YouTube and drifted to sleep around 7 p.m. I awoke suddenly at approximately 3.45 a.m. and immediately my attention was towards the open window 
that I was right next to. I heard the sound of gravel being kicked up below on the driveway, like the sound of people running on the gravel outside the window. Of course it was pitch black, but this was the mountain I had grown up on, and I knew it literally like the back of my hand. After about 30 seconds of looking out the window, I realized what the sound most likely was. It was the sound of at least two adult-sized people running up my driveway towards my staircase. Now my staircase to my house has 87 steps in it. It is literally like the staircase to go see the Dalai Lama, or the staircase in Ace Ventura when he tries to slinky down it. It's massive, and you gotta be in shape to hike up 87 stairs, trust me. As I sat on the bed looking out the window, I tried to hear for more footsteps, but there were none. I thought surely this was an enemy of mine coming to catch me off guard. So I immediately got prepared and got a can of bear spray <clears throat> and a very large Rambo knife. I waited for at least 30 minutes looking out the window, trying to hear or see anything I could at the bottom of my staircase outside. But there was nothing. Whomever this was had obviously seen me looking out the window and taken cover out of sight, I thought to myself. But luckily, it was approaching sunup. It was about 4.30 in the morning at this point, so my plan was to keep an eye out the window for movement, and when the sun starts to come up in the next 45 minutes, I will quietly make my way outside. My heart was racing, but I knew that I would do whatever it took to protect myself and my family's property. It was game time. I knew that I had heard the gravel being kicked up, which woke me up, and then it suddenly stopped once I had looked out the window. I would be a fool to go back to sleep knowing what I was involved in at that time. All these things went through my mind as I waited for the sun to rise and reveal these intruders' locations at the bottom of my stairs. I had been in a lot of very violent situations in my life, and I knew I could handle whomever it was outside. It actually got me excited, to be honest, as messed up as that sounds. As I was waiting at the window prepared to go outside, once I'd seen or heard something, or once the sun was up. And luckily, I saw something out of the darkness retreating into the bush at the bottom of the 87-step staircase. At that moment, I knew it was only a matter of time before I would be face-to-face -face with whomever that was. I waited about 15 more minutes at the window. My eyes trained onto the bush at the bottom of my stairs the entire time. No blinking. And then the sun began to rise. And slowly but surely, as the amount of light increased outside, the shape of a person wearing all black was starting to become more and more clear at the bottom of my stairs. Fuck, I'm getting nervous just writing this right now. As the light grew more and more outside the window, I knew there was a person wearing all black in the bushes. From where I was at my window to the figure in the bushes was about a hundred feet. I stepped away from the window, walked downstairs, and put my shoes on. I looked at my dog and said, Dad's going to protect us. And I opened the door on my home, and in that moment would be the last time my life would be normal. But I didn't even realize what I was about to experience. As I opened the door and took a step outside, I said to myself, It's time to fight, and I don't give a fuck what happens. I started a fast walk-run down the 87-step staircase as fast as I've ever gone down them in my life. I was filled with rage. I wanted blood. I didn't care. As I approached the final set of steps, I kept my eyes on the figure in the bush, 
that was that I was advancing towards down the staircase. Something in my soul made me stop dead in my tracks on the top of the last 12 steps of the 87 step staircase. There was only a little bit of light out at that moment, but it was enough to see the outline of whomever it was hiding in the bush. I wanted to move closer and continue going down the stairs, but my body wouldn't let me. I've never experienced anything like it. So I stood there about 35 feet away from the bush and the figure. I could see the figure moving around a tiny bit. I could tell it was looking at me and I made sure I knew it knew I was looking at it. I said to the figure in the bush, you won't make it out of here alive. I have a rifle pointed at you right now. Which I didn't. I was foolish and didn't tell anyone else in my house at the time what was going on outside. But the figure in all black in the bush didn't know that. After I said that, I made one more statement out loud. I said, if you move out of that bush, you will be shot dead on the spot. I then took the opportunity to run back up the staircase into my house and woke my dad up. I said, Dad, wake up. There's somebody outside in the bushes at the bottom of the stairs. I then explained I was heading back out there and I needed him to grab a rifle and point it off the balcony at the figure in the bush and provide overwatch. He agreed. And before I ran back outside, I decided to grab a set of binoculars so I could see a bit better into that bush while I stood on the staircase. At this point, it is approximately 5.15 a.m. on August 9th, 2015. I opened the front door to my balcony. This time, I had full light outside to aid me in seeing whomever this was better. I began to run down the 87-step staircase again, binoculars in hand with my eyes trained onto the bush. The figure had not moved to my surprise. As I got back to the top of the final set of steps where I stood before, maybe 30 to 35 feet between me and the figure, the sun was fully out at this point, and all I could see was black when I tried to see whomever this was crouched down in the bush. I put the binoculars to my face and began scanning the bush from 35 feet away, trying to find the hands or the face of whomever this was. After about 30 seconds of looking, I had to take a few moments and kept looking back at one particular spot. I thought to myself, is that eyes? That can't be. What I was now looking at was a creature completely covered in dark black fur with a black leathery face with two very large diamond-shaped pupil eyes looking back at me. They looked just like a lion's eyes to describe it best. It took me at least five minutes, it felt like, to catch myself. Time stopped. Everything felt vibrant, and then I got my focus back, and I realized what I was looking at. It was a bipedal creature, scared for its life. And after what felt like maybe five minutes, I sat down on the stairs. I could tell this creature was scared, and I didn't want my first interaction with another human-like species to be a negative one. So I was still in shock from my brain having to compute what it was looking at. But I decided to put the creature at ease and headed back up my staircase. My dad was standing on the balcony watching the whole thing. He still thought it was a person until I told him what was down there. I headed into my house, put all the weapons down, and grabbed my miniature Pomeranian dog and headed back outside down the staircase. I sat on the steps where I sat before, but this time my dog was on my lap. I wanted to show the creature that it was okay and I have no intention of hurting it. At this point in time, a helicopter came overhead and began hovering right above us. 
It flew over one more time, and I got a good look at the guy in the co-pilot seat. He was looking right at me, and then it disappeared. I jokingly said to the creature, I don't think they're here for me. At that moment, I seen a smaller black figure next to the creature start to move around a little bit. This creature had a baby with it. No wonder it was so scared. I went upstairs and got some vegetables out of the fridge. Came back down and tossed the vegetables into the bush next to the creature. My dad was still standing on the deck in shock as I came back up. He said, what do you think it is? My response was clearly something related to mankind. Maybe this is what people call Sasquatches. We both went inside and made a coffee. We came back out about 25 minutes later. I looked down into the bush from the balcony and the figure was gone. About 50 feet further into the bush at the bottom of the stairs, I could see a small black leathery face looking up at me. I guess the little one likes the vegetables I gave them, I said to my dad. That day I spent hours looking up any and everything I could to learn about what I saw. I learned that they communicate by knocking twice with a stick on a tree. So the next morning, I walked outside, picked up a stick, looked at my dad, and said, I'm going to knock on this tree. If we hear two knocks on a tree back afterwards, they're communicating with us. I then swung the stick and hit the tree twice, making a large echo through the forest. And immediately off in the distance, we heard two loud knocks as a response. I looked at my dad and said, what knocks back? Thank you for joining me today in the Mystic Lighthouse. All stories submitted and narrated are purported to be true. The Mystic Lighthouse is produced and narrated by your host, Bo Carver. If you have any stories you would like to tell, you can submit them at themysticlighthouse at gmail.com. And tune in next week for all new tales.